Hey guys, this is Matt from Dinosaur Pileup, and you're listening to the Blues Hockey Podcast. What it do? So we are back uh, after our long, long interview series. Yep, Chris is back in town for a little bit. So Chris uh, enjoyed most of the country, minus the West Coast. Yeah, most of the East and Midwest the last month. Yeah. So Chris is you were gone almost every weekend in May. Uh, I was gone almost all of May between work trips to New York and Carolina and Columbus and back to New York and everywhere in between. Yeah, so you're uh, finally back. So we're going to go over some blues notes. We'll lightly touch the playoffs. Sure. Right here, just a brief synopsis up to the Stanley Cup Finals, which is going on right now, and uh, go from there. So I guess first point of news, blues season ended. We talked about that. We did our thoughts on that already. Mm -hmm. So a couple of the big, I guess, stories that have come up since then. So once again, the Blues are playing in a new arena to a degree, new named yeah, arena. Right, we're on our third name. Oh, we'll let's see. Fourth, uh, name. Fourth name. It was Keel, Keel Savis, and Savis, Scott, then Trade. Scott Trade, and now Enterprise. Yep. So the Enterprise Center is officially got unveiled uh, a couple of weeks ago now. Yeah. So it uh, looks like, and has they already they took down like, the sign that day too. It was May twenty first. Oh, dude, I I was at a show at Peabody last Friday, and everything's already Enterprise. Yep, so they ripped it all down, put it back up. So Enterprise has signed a 10-year agreement. With an option for an additional five? Correct. So, so money possible amount, total of 15. Yeah, so money amount has not been exchanged. But if you look up like other agreements from around like the country, uh, from what I read, three to 10 mil per year. So you think they got a good deal being as one of the chairman of Enterprises on the board of owners for the blues i'm sure they probably i'm surprised since the blues are for sale that wasn't like maybe part of like hey buy part of the blues and we'll give you the name for free or something yeah now why now who is it who's selling that's why technically check its group that's right so check its group basically kept a we don't know how much it could be 30 percent. it could be 25 percent. it could be five percent we don't really know but they had a minority ownership a minority ownership so that was part of the whole agreement and then after a certain amount of time they would sell it for whatever cost you know, so technically they're for blues are for sale, but not really for sale. Right. Just a ownership of them. They're not moving. No ifs, ands, or buts, or whatever. Of course. Blues are still going to be same or run the same way, whatever. Phase two is going to start uh, within the next couple of weeks of yeah. renovations. Um, that includes seats getting ripped out on the upper bowl. Mm-hmm. So not affecting your seats, unlike other people. A lot of people are not very happy with uh, them getting relocated. I get it, but it could be better. Yeah. I, it could be worse, but it could be better. You don't know. Yeah, so all the seats are getting ripped out, which I'm surprised the Blues haven't done some kind of sale, which that might come up. Yeah. You know, sell the old seats because that's a huge money they maker. They were but ugly seats, though. Correct. But it's one of those things, like, to my left is the arena I, seats. I've got two sitting in my parents' basement. So, yeah, blue or yellow? Yellow. Okay, I have the yellow as well. Mine are, oddly enough, signed by uh, Soupy. Yeah. Uh, Jim Campbell. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? So Enterprise Center, all good to go. Uh, the next thing that comes up. Blues prospects doing pretty well in the playoffs. Let's say that much. Yeah, um, and the, so Robert Thomas wins the OHL 
the title, Smith, whatever it is, right? whatever. He, well, I, I don't know if they had him, but he basically helped. Was basically the main driver behind their team to get to like they have like the final four go to like face each other. Whoever like like the OHL, WHL, and CHL mm-hmm. champions, and then I guess whoever's hosting it is also one of the teams, which is weird, right? Because you could be like the worst team in the league, but you're hosting it and still be in this thing somehow. I think it's I'm not 100 percent sure how this works. So I'll be honest, maybe better research on my part. But anyway. So two blue, prominent Blues prospects were in this, uh, one being Evan Fitzpatrick, the goalie for, um, I believe they're called Arcadia something or other. They are, and I now for the life of me, I can't think of the name. I had it right team, in front of me, and it, it just Arcadia went away. Something. So give me two seconds here. Or Arcadia. Arcadia Bathurst Titan from the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. So they won yeah, that championship. Yeah, exactly. So they won that championship, and they're one of the teams that got to play in this, like, it's basically like a kind of a round-robin mm-hmm. tournament to a degree. So um, he actually eliminated Robert Thomas. Or, no, he played them, and they beat Evan Fitzpatrick. But Robert Thomas, unfortunately, fell to the team that Evan Fitzpatrick beat, which is the Regina Pats. That's with an R. Regina. Right. So, and also, he had a shutout that game, including a 17-save third period so evan fitzpatrick basically kind of a guy that the blues really goaltending wise nobody really talked about anymore mm-hmm. you pretty much talked about Ville huso uh jordan biddington was kind of still talked about because he had a pretty good ahl season even though he's bounced around right uh the luke opilka is he had he's had three surgeries on his hip yeah, i don't that's i would not, not count him as being in the blues future. here's the only thing and look i'm not saying that fitzpatrick won't be great but the last time I really got excited about a goalie showing fire in uh, World Juniors was uh, Jake Allen. So we'll see. But, but he's a second-round pick in the 2016 draft. He was 59th overall. So he wound up coming back this season posting a 16-4 and record of the 2.10 uh, save percentage and a 925, excuse me, 925 save percentage, 2.10 goals against the average, and 20 playoff games. So, yeah, I mean, it's pretty good. Great numbers. So, him and Robert Thomas did really well. Robert Thomas, I think you're pretty much pegged for St. Louis next year. Yeah, I think him and Jordan Cairo are the two, in addition to obviously the guys who've already had a chance up here, Tage Thompson. Clem Costin might have a chance. Clem might have one. I think you're looking at, I think you're looking at, Maybe Kairou, maybe Thomas, Tage Thompson, and maybe Sammy Blay. Yeah, I think I think um, uh, those three. I think Thomas. I think is who they want to finish well and play on the team. Oh, for sure, because of his He's position, his center, yeah. and uh, the way he plays really well. I think next would be Tage Thompson, and then Kairou, then Blay, because Blay has just been a surprise, being a sixth round pick and just yeah. kind of been really playing really well, but. Who knows who will be at the team after the draft? Because I really think the Blues are going to do something at the draft. Yeah, I, th- I think that we have about a month before ish starts getting really interesting. Yeah. So a couple, not, nothing really. Uh, one former Blue has made signed a contract with another team. Our old friend Magnus Payarvi re-signed with the Senators. Great. Good nine, for him, dude. One year, $900,000. So good for him. Um, so the next thing that comes up on my timeline here. So the Blues did get a new assistant coach. Yes. A little uh, Basically, a former Blue is going out and a former Blue is coming in, which yep. is kind of funny. So Daryl Sador is stepping down to, quote, unquote, spend more time with family. We'll go with that. Okay, I was going to say, do you think that is voluntarily stepping down to spend time with his family? I'm a big conspiracy theory guy. So I kind of think, like, the defense was not what it was the year before. I agree. 
I think uh, they talked about coaching changes is one of the main things they brought up in the press conference. I agree. And this seemed to happen. Yeah, I, I, I read that, and I that to me 100% screams of, we're going to let you save face and say that you're stepping down instead of firing you. Yeah, so I really think that's uh, going to happen. So another interesting uh, thing that came up today coaching-wise, which I'll bring up, uh, Jeremy Rutherford tweeted out, Basically, about this guy, guy coming on was Mike Van Ryn. Mm-hmm. Played 69 games the Blues. Very sexy. Um, had a pretty good career after that. Played really well in Florida for a long time and then uh, for four or five years and then finished up in, I think, they, they don't say Vancouver. Let me pull it up. But, uh, yeah, I kind of like it. He Last year, he was the coach for the Tucson Roadrunners, which is the AHL team for... I'm going to just go ahead and say the Arizona Coyotes. That's a, it's correct. So he had a record of 40-something. If I remember off the top of my head, almost got it. I was right, 42, 20, and 6 last year. They are first in their division. Unlike and, the Arizona Coyotes. Correct. And the youngest team in the AHL last year. Like the Arizona Coyotes. <laughs> correct. So I think that's a really good move. Um, he seems like an up-and-coming guy. Yep. So I think that's a good good uh, good get by the Blues. So um, yeah, I mean, at the uh, end he of the was day, a little more. He's a little more offensive minded, which I'm fine with. At the end of the day, the buck stops at, at Yo. Yeah, I mean, assistant coaches enough, taking nothing away from what an assistant coach does, but at the end of the day, the, the buck stops with Mike Yo. Yeah, and if and this they're all team, on the same page as it is. Yeah, like, and if so. this team does not turn it around and make the playoffs next year, I, Mike Yo, you're going to be. Mike Yo, Doug Armstrong, a lot of people are going to I be. I think you're going to be the ever-popular hashtag pack your stuff. <laughs> pack your But ish. it's not stuff. Pack your ish. Yeah. Um, so the other one that kind of came out today, which I think is an interesting hire, considering how the NHL is going nowadays. Um, so far, the NHL has hired two NCAA coaches this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dallas hired Jim Montgomery. And uh, the Rangers hired uh, David Quinn. So yes. David Quinn was from Boston University. So he's very familiar with Kevin Shattenkirk's, maybe that part of it. Uh, Jim Montgomery was the one that's pretty much was everybody was talking about getting some NHL coaching job this year. So he goes to Dallas, expect a high tempo, more high tempo game from them compared to what Hitch ran down in Dallas. So it'll mm-hmm. be interesting. So Blues kind of going that way to a degree. So the AHL coach, we kind of speculated whether I think maybe Craig Brube will go down there because he did real well in Chicago. Uh, maybe they'll keep it in their organization. Maybe somebody like Al McKennis or who knows, you know, somebody, you know, maybe not. An, you know, this is kind of outside the box, I think, compared to what they've done in the past. So apparently the front runner, according to Jeremy Rutherford, as of earlier today, recording on the 31st of May, uh, the uh, Sue, I say Sue St. Marie, is that yep. how you say it? Sue St. Marie coach Drew Bannister. So he's led the, I think is the OHL team uh, the last couple of years and done really well up there. So I think that's an interesting hire. A lot of people, a lot of, a couple of local hockey players, uh, Brock Wilson, who's very well known mm-hmm. for like training and playing around here. His dad was, an, uh, I won't say, it's not Rick Wilson. I'm messing that up. Ron Wilson? Maybe. I mean, I'm probably wrong. I apologize for that. But uh, he praised the hire, and I, that's somebody that I've seen. I watched that team, and they were like the number one team in OHL. And uh, the Hamilton Bulldogs, who are Robert Thomas's team, knocked them off unexpectedly. Wow. So that's one of the – so that's um, – they had a high-power team with a lot of high prospects, and they produce 
consistently produce really good guys out of there. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, if that he is the front runner, if he wants to be on, that'd be kind of interesting. They bring kind of that type of coach in who works with younger players, mm-hmm. considering how young that team is going to be next year. If we have, let's say Jordan Cairo has to go down there, Sammy Blay, uh, Nolan Stevens, and the next guy, which we'll talk about who signed a contract today, uh, Nico Mikola. I'm putting a little bit on that probably than yeah. I should, but we'll say that is. So, it works, though. Which is interesting. Like, So if I said you're, you're signing your ELC, how many years is that normally? Is it always been three? Am I like – Yeah, I always thought it was three to five. It was like – and it's been – he like the last couple guys, they signed him in two years. This is The Mitch Rinke was two years. The Nolan Stevens was two years. And now McCullough has a two-year deal. So I don't know if it's one of those things where we're trying to get closer to RFA status so you can get paid faster, which could be the thing. But he I mean, I'm sure the players' organization, players' union, is trying to find everywhere they can to circumvent that. Yeah. So uh, he was originally drafted in the fifth round, 127th overall in the, in the 2015 draft. Uh, let's see, gold medal for Finland in, last, in the 2016 U20 World Juniors. He played in uh, Finland's top league last year, two goals, nine assists plus 11 and 50 games. He is a very much stay-at-home guy. He is a defensive defenseman. Which we need. So a left-hander, so we'll take it. So I think in, so let's say, his total career in the SM Liga, Liga, yeah, League, 171 games, 36 points, 9 goals, 27 assists, 169 penalty minutes. So a big, strong guy that hang out back there. Fine with me. Yeah, you know, especially with not knowing – the future of Jay Bomeister and if he's going to be injured again, which I mean, look at, at this point, it, it sure seems like, yeah, yeah, you can't, you can't count a full season. You cannot count on a full season from him. We're going to need somebody to fill on that stay at home role. Yeah. So I'm kind of in that, that funny thing is I saw a couple people who were blues prospects kind of guys. And that one guy actually compared him to Jay Bomeister, which I thought was interesting since you just said that. Uh, so last bit of Blues news, at least. Uh, the Blues have re-upped their ECHL affiliate, the Tulsa uh, Oilers. Yeah, boy. So the Blues only had a couple players down there last year, Connor Bleckley and I think uh, Thomas Vanilli were the only two that were down there. So uh, and they wound up getting called up eventually to San Antonio with all the injuries anyway. So it's just a nice place to have guys in case you need to put some more guys down there. So who knows how many players the Blues will place with them. Well, because we officially lose Chicago this year, right? Chicago is gone. They done. They are all Vegas? They're all Vegas now. Uh, Colorado is gone out of San Antonio. San Antonio is 100% St. Louis. Uh, Colorado is probably getting the quote-unquote expansion team, and then somewhere, supposedly it's supposed to be somewhere close in somewhere in Colorado, closer to Denver. Apparently. I'm going to say probably Colorado Springs. Uh, could be. I know that Colorado Springs or Fort Collins. Yeah, they said somewhere, I think, closer to their home. So, uh, yeah, so Blues will have 100%. They have a five-year deal with San Antonio starting this year. Uh, maybe have a new coach in Drew Bannister. Who knows if that turns out by the time this podcast is out there. But, uh, yeah, so good stuff there. So that is all the Blues news I think I have. At least on their I website. can't think of anything else. So we'll go into a little playoff news. We'll just do a quick synopsis. Uh, I kind of thought Winnipeg looked like the team to beat, and then uh, Vegas proved me wrong. I, I've laid picked against Vegas every freaking round, and I've been wrong every freaking round. I picked Vegas over L.A., and I picked Vegas over San Jose, but I figured that once they hit either Nashville or, or uh, Winnipeg that they would bow out. I thought if they got through San Jose, they would have been too tired to get through Winnipeg. I don't know, man. I and figured they, they would handle L.A. LA. I didn't think they would sweep L.A. Um 
I the San Jose series was about what I thought it would be. Yeah. Uh, I certainly didn't see them beating Winnipeg in five. Yeah, I did not see that happening at all, which is crazy. Um, yeah, because Winnipeg looked like the team that beat, and they just didn't. Man, Winnipeg just – they are just like – Paul Maurice, I think, all year did really well of adjusting and stuff. Man, but I watched only a handful of games, maybe the whole playoffs. But the Nashville-Winnipeg ones, the one I kind of caught the most. But they did not adjust. Like I didn't they, get to watch they, any of that they, series. They clogged the middle of the ice up so well. And I mean, Vegas. Yeah. Nashville, I mean, Winnipeg, all you had to do was chip it by them and start going. And they never did it. And by the time they did it, it was too far gone. You're down two or three goals. Yeah. And they couldn't do it. And my, my, mind you, Marc-Andre Fleury is having a renaissance right now and playing amazing. He is. So that, that's definitely helped when you have a goalie having a 90, I think it was almost a 95 save percentage through three I rounds. think going into game one of the Stanley Cup final, he was at like a 953 or something, or something like that. It was something ridiculous. Uh, so Vegas is obviously from the West, which is, mind you, the best possible thing for hockey. Yeah, it is. I mean. For the NHL, for exposure, it is. It's 100% what the league needs. As a Blues fan. It hurts. It hurts a lot. And that's why I'm a hater. I'm just, I mean, not one of those things Do you realize like, even if they don't win the Cup, right now, they have more Las Vegas has come closer to a Cup than the Blues ever have. By one win at least. Yeah. Because yep. the Blues have been to the final three times. Swept three times. And the fancy stat from that that came out today since Washington, who we were talking about, who's the other team in the finals, won game two. Florida Panthers and St. Louis Blues are the only team that have made the Stanley Cup finals to yet to win a game. Really? Florida got swept in 96 by the Oh, that's right. They did. And then the Blues won three times and did not win a game. Well, you knew there was going to be comparisons to the Blues because it's the first time that an expansion team. team has made it. Um, sense, but yeah, I mean, look, I, I've always said that I never want, like, I'm fine with the blues, not winning the cup as long as a team that hasn't won one, doesn't win one before yeah, that's us. That's always been my thing. And now we're in a situation where someone's going to win their first cup and I, for the league, there's no losers in this nope. either. Arguably your biggest star wins. It's wins his first cup. Finally, and Alex Ovechkin trying or. Your shiny new penny wins a cup in its first year. In either case, it's a phenomenal story for the NHL. I would argue for a mass appeal, Vegas winning does more to elevate the league than than the Capitals and Ovechkin winning. But, I mean, this is the... I'm trying to think of another sport equivalent of a guy who went this long before winning. I mean, this is maybe Michael Jordan. You can say because Michael Jordan fell short year after year after year after year to the same team. It was always the Detroit Pistons. Yeah, and then he finally got by them. And finally got by them and won three in a row. Took some time off. Came back, won three more. This is the same thing, potentially. Yeah. Uh, And I was in. I was with a friend of mine who's a Pittsburgh fan during the Pittsburgh and Cap series, and we watched Game Five. Mm -hmm. And I remember telling him. Um, you got to win game five and you got to win game six. Because I said, I'm watching this right now. And I said, this Capitals team, I go, you are the Blackhawks to the Capitals. Yep. And he goes, what do you mean? And I go, as a Blues fan, I watched the Blackhawks kick the piss out of my team year, year after year, year and they win the in cup. the playoffs on the way to the Stanley Cup. Uh, Blackhawks and Kings, but more so Blackhawks. Yeah. I said, the year that the Blues finally got over that hump 
we went all the way to the Western Conference Final. And honestly, like, and I admit, I was like that year, and then they won and beat Dallas. I thousand percent were like, we're winning it this year. I agree. I, I, I was like the they, best team. They beat the top team in the Central. They beat the team they overcome demons with. I was yeah. like, we got this, and then just fell short again. You know, I I still think that had the Blues found a way to close those series out in timely fashion, they would have probably been a lot tired. Yeah, yeah I think the Blues coming off a two seven game series, and, and I mean, it's not a I massively say that good excuse, but still, at the same yeah, time, and I say it that, and like that that game seven against Dallas was over at the end of the first. Yeah, but um, I think that team just got tired, man. Yeah, I agree. And um, but yeah, I, I think that you have a great story on either side of the Stanley Cup final. And it makes me happy as a hockey fan. Yeah. It, it drives me nuts as a Blues fan. Because you watch these teams play, and boy, they play at a level that the Blues just never got to oh, this year. this year. Not even close. It's ridiculous. And I, I watched... For the last two years, I would even say that yeah. this team. Yeah. I, I saw, this, I saw this, this Vegas team play against the Canucks back in February in person out at T-Mobile Arena. And I was sitting with my friend who's a Penguins fan again, and we both looked at each other and we're like, this team's good. Like, it's not just a fluke. Like, this team's good. They're skilled, they're fast, and they play a good set. They play a very, very good system. I mean, everybody's, like, as, as we usually will use a hitch term here, everybody's bought in. Yes. Which is amazing because David Perron's on that team. Yeah. Um, what amazes me is that they just seem to know where each other's going to be. Yep. It, there's been so many plays that I've watched this Vegas team do throughout the playoffs that remind me of some of the bullcrap goals we scored when we played floor hockey. Oh, yeah. Where it would just like fling it to a place and someone just happened to be there. Yeah. That happened so many times for Vegas. Like blind, backhanded passes yeah. across just the, the, across the crease. Thing, yeah. And, hey, look, there's a guy wide open who buries it. Like, it just, it's ridiculous. For example, like last night, mind you, it was a, probably the save of the year so far. But, like, what happened with the Holpe thing last night? Agreed. Where it hit, hit the corner perfectly. He had the backup into the crease because the puck almost hit him and went into the net. Yeah. And then the puck literally bounced out to a Vegas player who was charging in, and they fed it across the crease and – Mind you, hope he made an amazing save with his stick. Yeah. But that was like with, what, two or three minutes left? It was under three minutes, I under believe. Under three minutes. I think it might and, have been under two. Yeah, and then he made the amazing save. But like stuff like that, when you're like a team of destiny, I mean, I've been tossed around a little too much. Right. That stuff happens to you and it goes in. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's very odd. And uh, I have no idea who wins the series right now. Because they're both playing really good. And they're yeah. both like, and it's, once again, well, it's former Blues that are in it. So either T.G. Oshie is going to get a cup. Or uh, TJ Oshie and Lars Eller. Excuse me, and Lars Eller. Or Ryan Reeves and David Perron. And William Carrier. Correct. Or however you pronounce his last name. He was in the system, and I think he didn't play a game with the Blues, but he's a draft pick of the yeah. Blues. Sent for? Uh, that was a Ryan Miller deal. Yes, it was. So, yeah, so it, it kind of sucks to a degree, but um, this Ryan, Ryan be... Reeves has come out as probably getting to be one of the bigger stars of the series. Yeah, he had the goal that propelled them – into the Stanley Cup final. Yep. Uh, so the goal the other night, uh, game one. Great uh, goal. Cross-checking penalty. Oh, 100%. 100%. Like, that that should have been a waved-off goal and a cross-checking penalty on Reeves. But to to his credit, these referees in the final have, by and large, much. swallowed yeah. the whistles. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, my opinion, I saw that. I'm like, ooh, that's a penalty. And, like, ooh, they're not calling that back. And uh, Washington brought up after game. But, mind you, 
Washington also had Tom Wilson hitting Jonathan Marshall hella late. In oh, call. for sure. That's so, what I mean. Like, both teams could point to things and go, well, this wasn't called either. So it if, wasn't a makeup call on that one because I think yep. they I think they happened at if you know times. if you know that this is how the game's going to be played then and, you play it yep and so Ryan Reeves uh, he's come out as like kind of the media kind of star too because he's always been great he's, with the media. he's great with media so, he's great with kids he's great in front of a camera so and you we talked about the other night um, when we were just kind of texting back and forth after the game after I don't know if it was after the game seven or the when he it was scored game one game one we was talking and we were just kind of BSing back and forth. Because Reeves scored a goal and it was the game. It was a tie. Tied the game back up. Made it three three. I he, believe. Uh, in the Western Conference Final. No. In the no, Stanley no, Cup. Stanley Cup. Final. Tied it at five. Tied it at five. Okay. Yeah. 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 Or four. Tied it at four because they won six to four the first game. You're right. Tied at four. But anyway, yeah, yeah. So that's game tying goal. But he had the game winning goal off of in the, the Western Conference in the Western Final. Conference yeah. Final. So two very big games, and uh, we got, we kind of were going back and forth, and I was like. I was like, yeah, do you think they'll bring him back? And you're like, oh, I think they'll bring him back. I think they're going to try to. I Number one, I don't think Rutherford – not Rutherford. I don't think Armstrong wanted to part with I think it's one of those things that is too good of a deal to pass up. I think the deal was too good, and I think that Armstrong knew we had to get another first-round pick. Since you're dealing another one away. Yep, since you, since you gave one away. And it, it, this is the business of hockey. And as much as you don't want to give someone like Ryan Reeves away, at least it's a guy with only one year on his contract. So you can look at it as hopefully just a rental type situation. Yeah, which it could be. Like It uh, could be. I'm surprised that Pittsburgh dealt him at the deadline. Me too. I truly thought that he was going to go to Pittsburgh and be Sydney's bodyguard, kind of like he was with Tarasenko. And everything was, was going to be he great. Was okay for the first part of the season. Then I don't know what happened. He just kind of fell out of grace there. Yeah, Mike Sullivan sat him for a lot of games, and then they dealt him because they needed uh, literally it was a cap space move. Yeah, to get uh, Derek Broussard, which is and that's how it worked out. And he sat a lot of games for the Golden Knights. He actually sat most of the first two rounds of the playoffs as well. Due to injury, he got in and has done really well since then. So. Yeah. Good for him. Like I said, not taking anything away from him. No, not at He's all. He's done really well. My thought is I think the Blues want him back. I think somebody like Tarasenko wants him back, too. Oh, 100%. So I'm telling you right now, they're going to do everything they can to deal with Vladimir Saboka. Oh, you better believe it. Yeah. I think that – now, here's the wild card. Should Vegas win the cup? Mm. I think there's a good chance Reeves re-ups if they offer him a deal. Yeah. I think – the Blues will likely offer him the best deal he's going to get because I think that um, they know the fans want him back. They know Tarasenko wants him back. I think it's more Tarasenko for his psyche, too. He's got great history here. Uh, I, I think that... Like you said, more for the fans. Like yes. People will come to games to see... I mean... I don't say come again see uh, see Ryan Reeves, but when people are at the games, like they will seek him out. Yes, like I, yeah, like people. I don't think people will specifically say I want to go see Ryan Reeves and play, even though we know some people that it's like a fair player they'll go see him. Right, but I think more the average fan or that's a Blues fan, even though St. Louis is very blue collar, mm-hmm. like they love fourth line, they love their grinders and stuff. They do. I think when at the end of the day, when me and you go see a game, like I'm not going to go see just see Ryan Reeves. I'm going to see the team. If he's there and does something cool, yeah, right. I'll, I'll cheer the crap out of right. him. Um, but I think more for, for it's like a Vladimir Tarasenko's like psyche deal. 
Yeah, I think I, if you his, with the cap going up, you can maybe offer him. He made a little over a million dollars this year with the way he's playing now. He can he's going to parlay that into a little bit better deal for sure. He, his two best deals, I think, are going to be St. Louis and Vegas. Yep. And you know, should Vegas win the cup? I think that he'd be dumb not to stay. I don't think we're. They got a ton of cap room too. Yeah, uh, but if they don't, I could see him from on from all accounts. He loves it here, and his family loves it here. Um, I think they still have their house here. I think I from what I've seen because the guy who runs one of the uh, sports memorabilia places mm-hmm. around here has been doing a lot of Brian Reeves autograph stuff and whatever, and he said. They're personally traveling if there is a game five with Which his wife be. from St. Louis to there. So I'm assuming his wife and kids are still in St. Louis. I'm almost positive of that. So that means that obviously they had one year left, so they weren't going to move anyway. So who knows? With him still being here, like I said, we're 100% speculating. But well, yeah, I, and I, look, I don't have any insider information. I'm just, as someone who knows it makes sports, sense. it does. Because, you know, if. <laughs> If it didn't work out in Pittsburgh, I don't see him going back there. I don't think his value is high enough that he's going to command as big of an offer anywhere than he would outside of the team he's currently on or St. Louis. Honestly, the most I could see somebody giving him is like one and a half, which would be – if he gets more than that, he needs to go wherever that's at because I'd be surprised. Oh, someone like – yeah. Look, if I'm Ryan Reeves – And let's say Vancouver and Arizona offers, like, offers me – Two mil a year for two years. I'm moving to Phoenix. Yeah. So, I mean, go where you got to go because yeah. you don't make money for a certain amount of time as a yeah, hockey player. Yeah, uh, I totally agree. So, um, I'm just saying, I like rumor mill, nothing really crazy. From what I see, well, I mean, stuff. let's let, let's let's address the the rumor that keeps coming up that we've talked about a lot, which is we are now as of tomorrow one month from free agency. Yep, um, and technically twenty four days away from the negotiating period because right. technically June twenty fourth is like where UFAs can talk to other teams, but not officially sign a deal till so July first. Your hockey wet dream has been brought up quite a bit. In many hockey forums, Peter Forsberg is coming on the Blues. Well, no, not 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 from when you were a teenager, but yeah. from this year, and that is John Tavares. Yeah, um, less likely now due to the. You, I think it's a better chance of him staying now, but I still think he's going to look around. Go ahead, though. Yeah, I mean, look, I I think you've gotten this far. I think he's going to poke his head up and yeah. see what's there. I don't think he wants to leave. I don't think he does. But I think that if the offer is good enough to go to a team that he feels that he could win a cup with that year, he'll do it. Now, the Blues kind of shot themselves in the foot by not making the playoffs this year. Yeah. Um, But this is the first time in a long time the Blues have the cap room to chase someone like that. And you have, like I put out many a times, because people don't agree with me, you have movable contracts. As much as you think Berglund and Saboka. And They're movable. Even Jake Allen. I'm not saying you have to give up like a first rounder like you did for getting Gory Latera's gone. You might have to do something like it for Patrick Berglund doing it in five years. But um, you could easily include him in a deal with something else to, mm-hmm. for example, like we talked about many a times, was I say Berglund, Thompson, and maybe your first rounder, maybe a second rounder. For somebody like Mike Hoffman, yeah, that's probably going to be the deal. And roster you know player, NHL ready roster player. The other name that keeps coming up is Ryan O'Reilly, which is interesting. I have never been a Ryan O'Reilly guy. 
Uh, going back to his time in, in Colorado, Colorado yeah. when he was the only guy on a real bad team, yeah, I kind of thought that he had the Brad Boys syndrome of being a decent player on a team that was very dry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's still the case with the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, excuse I think, me, uh, Buffalo Sabres. Sorry, the Sabres. I think that he's a guy who is decent, but has made his money being a above-average player on below-average teams. If that makes at, sense. I got you. I'm just looking at some uh, stuff real quick here. I'm trying to get some. So age 27. Last year, he played 81 games. He had 24 goals and 37 assists, uh, minus 23. Only two penalty minutes, too, which is an inter- yeah. interesting kind of uh, thing there. Uh, let's see. His face-off percentage is one of the top in the league. Being, yeah, he's great at face-offs. I, I will give credit where it's due. N- basically 60%, 59.98, yeah. one of the top face-off percentage guys. And he's only gotten better throughout his career. He started in the low 40s, for high 40, 47, and he's improved every year since then. So, obviously, the guy is getting better at that. And that's somebody the Blues need. Uh, somebody like Kyle Brodjak, I think the Blues will bring back. It'd be nice to have him. But having somebody, let's say, like Ryan O'Reilly out there is a little better – chance to get a goal than Kyle Brodziak at this stage, maybe. My Agreed. Th- He's a more skilled player. Mine thing depends on cost. Yeah, totally. And remember, this is the guy who held up Colorado for a contract. Yeah, so and then mine is player cost. Like He's going to cost $7.5 million That's for the next five years. For the next five years. So let's just say... To for- me, that screams Paul Stastny all over again. So I, that's my thing. I think he's like that, but it depends on usage as well. Like he, Paul said, had hitched for a long time. If you has good wingers, who knows what he can do? Like that's my thing. Is depends on the cost of how much you're gonna. And my, mind you, Ryan O'Reilly also had the big speech at the end of the year in the Buffalo. Uh, I guess the last day or whatever when they clean out their lockers, like where he said he's lost love of the game because of so much losing he's had in his career. Yeah, he's he was in, he's on all bad Colorado teams. Came to Buffalo when I thought they were turning things around, and they've nope. done nothing but suck basically. Um. So maybe like not not having a crap team around him will help. I don't like that's the thing you're taking a gamble with. I don't know. My thing is, I would my ideal thing is obviously John Tavares. Uh, them getting Lou Lamorello to help run the team, I think helps New York Islanders. Oh, that's a good toss. Keep them. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. There's a lot of rumors where uh, the rumor today was that Lamorello and Tavares' agent have been in contact every day since Lamorello has taken over. I would hope so. So, um, obviously, they're going to push hard for him. But my thing is, you give him all the monies, you got to figure out where you're going to spend the rest of it because you have a lot of guys in big contracts yeah. out there and you don't have a goalie and your defense is not great. So, the question is, like, his is obviously loyalty. 100% yeah. is what which his I, thing is. I think that's amazing. Yeah, which is good for so him. So, here's the thing. you have seven, Let's say you have $7.5 million. Do you throw that at Ryan O'Reilly? Do you throw that at Paul Stasny to come back? Not that much. Or do you go elsewhere? And if so, where do you go? Yeah, that's the problem. Is you have That's pretty much your three options right now are trade for somebody like Ryan O'Reilly or unknown center that you don't know about. I think the big one that the – well, I don't know if you heard about this rumor or maybe it was just people speculating because supposedly Edmonton's after Pareko really, really hard. Okay. So I don't know if you've heard this one. So – the two rumors is that they're offering the tenth round, tenth overall pick for him, 
and other people said, like I said, hey, make it Ryan Nugent Hopkins in the 10th overall. Well, that's one, a big price tag. That's what I think. My, the bigger one is, which I don't know how I feel about this because I kind of like the player, is uh, Leon Dreisaitl for Colton Pareko. I just think it weakens the defense too much. As much as I well, like, and mind you, Dreisaitl has a huge contract, eight years of $60 million. So you have another, he's an $8 million center, which he's pretty young. Like, is he going to be continue to get better? Is he a product of being with, because he remember he played with McDavid a little bit. But by himself, right. he also is pretty right. decent as well. So I don't know. So I'm conflicted on the dry sidle thing as well. But either of those players are great. I don't think you get one of them and the tenth overall pick. Uh, I think you just get just dry sidle, or if you get Nugent Hopkins, it's like Nugent Hopkins and maybe like a second rounder. Yeah, I, I I've always loved the Nuge. Always have. If he's available, I wouldn't mind him as like your second line center. He's got speed and got a little bit of skill and plays two way game. Yeah, I I've always kind of had a love of pretty decent contract. Six mil is not yep. awful. Yep, mm-hmm. I uh, you know none of them are Taylor Hall. Correct, Taylor Frickin Hall. Which, that no, no. but uh, let's see. So so we have that, which I don't think is going to happen. But O'Reilly, I think it's most likely almost every single hockey insider, which like he's going to get done. Is labeled him as the guy that's going to get dealt. Yeah, he's going to more get than dealt. Eric Carlson, which I think is crazy considering how much Carlson was talked about at the trade deadline. Well, yeah, but I think I think the uh, centers need something to hold on to. So they're going to throw him all the money. Ryan O'Reilly has shown his hand, and yeah, he wants he, he can't play there anymore. Yeah, so they uh, so I think O'Reilly. If I had to choose, obviously your first one is Tavares. Uh, he'll probably get between ten and a half and twelve. God, that's a lot for seven years. Yeah. My, that's my problem is you give that much money, talented guy, but when you're looking when at, you have to, when if you have you're to, looking at that, have, then you're looking at the we have Petrangelo Tavares Tarasenko show. Yeah, but then you have Tarasenko that'll be up in a hand for like four years, I think it is. Petrangelo's up in two years. Shen's up in two years. You're gonna have a lot of the name guys up. I'll tell you right now, out. I'm not sure that this team can afford both Petrangelo and Braden Shen. If you bring in somebody like. Uh, Tavares, you won't be able to. Yeah. Unless you convince Shin to take a hometown discount if he really likes it here. Or Petro. Or Petro. Petro is more likely compared to Shin. Yeah, Shin doesn't have the history here. Yeah. So who knows? And he's um, the captain. Yeah. I, I, but yet, not going to be that guy and throwing a bus. We had to have somebody who's a captain here, had a chance to stay for one less year. No, I agree. I mean, look, that C Same doesn't mean and- anything. Um, yeah, I mean, Bacchus could have stayed. He could have taken one year less and, and stayed, but he didn't. Um, suppose reportedly, allegedly, I'll throw that out there. I think I think it's been reported, but I would say for sure it, it's been widely reported. So, um, but you know, I I don't know, man. There's there's a lot of ways that this team can go, and it's, it's all speculation until we get to July first, which makes it kind of exciting. Yeah, for the once. good thing is, you know, unlike years past, this Blues team is in a situation where they can make moves, and they need to. Oh yeah. Because uh, guys like Saboka, Berglund, you need to improve your second line. You need the center, potentially goaltending. My goaltending uh, thing fell apart because well, – not fall apart because he proved why he's that great. Yeah. Braden Holpe's playing Look, man, I, I don't know if there's a goaltender out there that's a better option than Jake Allen right now. Nope. And I get wanting to make a change, but I'm not going to make a change for change's sake. Or make it even trade. Like, for example, I think Philip Grubauer – was pretty much could be Jake Allen 2.0, like an unknown commodity. Like he could be really, really great, but you don't know. If you can't get me Carey Price, I don't care. 
Isaiah Carey Price or Brayden Holpe are the only two upgrades. And Carey Price has a ten million dollar contract kicking the next year. Yep. So you, if you can't, if you get him, you're definitely not getting Tavares. And who knows who you're getting for your second line center? Then. Yep. So there's a lot of interesting things the Blues could go. Um, a lot of uh, and apparently the other rumor today. Apparently Detroit's made the six overall available, which would be interesting. I don't know enough that's, about the that's, draft that's, to know what's that's, there. That's basically Brady Kachuk area. I don't care. He's a good player. Mind you, I don't think the Blues should trade up to get him. No. Just because he's Brady. I agree. If he somehow falls to like mid-first round, you could possibly get up there. Sure. But like, there's no reason to spend the draft picks to get up there when you have guys that you like, like yeah. Robert Thomas, Jordan Cairo, Tage Thompson. If you for some reason don't think Tage Thompson is going to turn out the way you think. Which, which I is, think the potential is there for him to be great. Potential's there. Like he just you know, hopefully with a better position this year, maybe better centers. Maybe you know the name that I've heard thrown around in trade talks is uh, Robbie Fabry. Yeah, that's been because you don't know what you're going to get out of him. Two knee surgeries could come back and be great. And I think come here's back the and thing. Be okay. Well, and here's the thing, and I think this is a phenomenal point. And it's why his name comes up in, in trade talks is if he comes back and he's great, and you hold on to him, fantastic. But if he comes back and he's meh or, God forbid, blows it out a third time, if he blows it out a third time, he's done. Oh, yeah. He's no way see you later, off, yep. of the, off of the sunset. Um, but then you're stuck with this player. Um, do you trade him now while there's still hype on him and potential because of what he's done while he was healthy? And then you have to pray – that I mean, you don't want to wish anyone ill will, but you have to pray that you traded and when he's at when his, he was at his height. Yeah, when he's at his peak, basically. Um, Who knows? And that's that's the gamble of sports. Personally, I like the kid. I really want to see him succeed. I hope they hold on to him. I hope they hold on to him too, unless there's some crazy deal where they're like, for example, let's say the dry sidle thing. Let's say, or, yeah, if he's the missing piece and landing a. S- significant Bonafide, star, like star, yeah. Then ship them out. But yeah, I think if not, you, I think you roll the dice on it because every team has that guy that comes out of nowhere and does well. For example, Vegas. For example, William Carlson. Yep, who was a fourth liner who was legit traded to the Vegas Knights so they wouldn't take one of the whoever they were left unexposed. I can't remember who exactly it was. They gave up David Clarkson, the first-round pick, and William Carlson. So they would select William Carlson and not select one of the other players that had available on Columbus. So basically, they got extra picks, and then basically they took on a contract just to – Right. In, yeah, it's, stuff, like, stuff like that where it's just like – that's why, like I said, my jealousy is ugly for Vegas because, like, that just doesn't happen to the Blues. Right. You just don't have a guy that comes out of nowhere who had 18 career goals and then scores well, 41 Well, to an this extent year. we did. I mean, look at Alex Steen. To a degree, I mean, like, but forty one's like almost bona fide, like, I know, I get it, star, like this that's year, cycle level, yeah, that's that's a, that's like I'm a star, and he's been all over the media, has been all over him, which is well deserved. I'm on. I would say the only guy that we got lucky with like that was Brett Hall. Yeah, where we got him for virtually nothing. He was the throw in on a trade. Yeah, it was just like yeah, like oh, I will take that guy because we're just giving you two guys that we don't care about, and it was just like oh yeah, that kid looks good, and we'll we'll give him a shot, and then it worked out. Yeah. I think another one uh, that's more current, maybe I'll say Pavel Dimitra. Yeah, because we traded. Who do we trade for? Do you know? Oh, I don't. Remember. It's a defenseman. I don't know. You probably won't know. Though. I don't remember. Krister Olson. 
Oh, Jesus. That tells you it was just a minor trade because he was – a trade for the Blues. So, that's what I mean. It's some guy that came out of nowhere and done really well. So, I would say Demetra is more current. I think me and you, Arrow, would be Brett Hall. Yeah. I think the most current would have to be Demetra. I think I think Tarasenko had hype behind him, so you really can't say Tarasenko. I mean, to an extent, you could say Braden Shen this year. Yeah, because you didn't know what he would do. He had a career year. Yeah. So, uh, mid all-star team for the first time and stuff. So, still young. So, We'll see what happens. Uh, we'll wrap it up there. So if you want to get a hold of us on Twitter, it's at Blues Hockey NHL. Chris is at? At Hossapalooza on Twitter. Ashley is at, at Ashley Rains. Facebook, Blues Hockey Podcast. Email, Blues Hockey Podcast at gmail.com. And most importantly, the website, Blues Hockey Podcast. Dot net. There, you got it right. So, not dot com, not dot gov. Not .edu or, or .ca. .org. .org. Um, help me out. Little Romeo, help me out. What was it? Uh, not at I- ICDC I- College. <laughs> ICDC. Uh, I don't know why that came. You said EDU, and that's why I got it in my head. I don't know. ICDC. ICDC. Go ahead and Google uh, Little Romeo. ICDC, ICDC College. ICDC College. You're watch that commercial. Yeah, you're welcome for that one. When we saw that one in LA. I laughed every time we saw one. It's like one of those. Blown out bus stop. It's so great. So, uh, also... Uh, the next, hopefully, by the time this is out, uh, I've done an inter- possibly getting ready to do the interview for uh, Mike Morangi, who is like a big draft uh, expert. Mm-hmm. He's on the he's been on the Puck Podcast, and uh, he actually will be at the draft nice. as a pass, a media pass, and well versed in a lot of things. So, if you have any questions, send them on the Facebook and use. I said I think I said hashtag BHP Draft. Yeah, so, so I right. know, so I know I'll look it up. So. Uh, and I will ask Mike those questions. Also, I posted on Facebook, uh, so go ahead and do the same there. So we'll have that interview up. Um, still working on one more. And then we will, unfortunately, I will be out of town during the draft, which sucks. Yep. Uh, so we will probably, when we get back, probably after the free agency craziness has already happened, the weekend of 4th no of No crazy live mic uh, draft this time? Oh, no, that was fun last time. But, no, no live mic uh draft i was hammered drunk correct and then i think the one year we did the expansion one we had everybody hammered drunk so good times yeah. so but yeah we'll probably wait and do after all the craziness after the draft and do one big one cool probably wrap it up there for a couple months and then it's back to the grind. Back, back to the grind and hopefully uh uh we'll have some new stuff for you i think me and chris got some ideas we're gonna bounce around this yeah. summer and talk about some stuff and then hopefully get some new uh Got some other possible giveaway stuff we're working yep. on. So a lot of good stuff. And hopefully some more meetups um, at the Blue Note uh, Sports yeah, Bar. Yeah, that Grill. place is great. So we're possibly doing some more stuff there and possibly some other places. I so. think we should do opening night there. I'm uh, working on a couple of things. All so right. we're going to work on it. We'll see. We'll uh, reveal those throughout the summer. What t-shirt hopefully. contest? Yeah, if they let us. Sweet. <laughs> and not me or Chris. Say, no. We'll ask Ashley. So. Too far? No. No, I think I'm, we're sure good. She, I'm sure she'd be okay. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, we'll wrap it up there. I'll then. confirm it on her on, on for her behalf. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. We'll wrap it up there. See you guys. Bye.